Hello, I'm your host, Gillian Semler. You're listening to Let's Talk, brought to you by CityLets. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show for the world of property letting, investment, legislation, personal stories, and much more. If you want to get in touch direct, just reach out. Let's Talk at citylets.co.uk. Joining me today is SNP MP for Edinburgh East, Tommy Shepherd. Morning. Morning. Thanks for coming in. Good to be here. Thank you. A now, hot and sweaty day. I know, it's very humid, so I've had to close the window for the traffic, so we'll make it even more, <laughs> even more close for you. Right, now I understand you've got a few things in common actually with our City Lights founder, so first name, both from Northern Ireland. Yep. Both studied, started studying medicine, but then changed degrees, is that right? Well, I didn't you know graduate. that about yeah, Thomas, but yeah, you did. yes, you that's right. medicine too, so you, I think you um, graduated politics and sociology. That's correct. I got my facts right? Okay. So you then joined the Labour Party in 1979? That's about right, yeah. And in 1994 you became Assistant General Secretary of Scottish Labour, no less, under yep. the late John Smith. Yeah. So what triggered your exit from politics and indeed Labour at the time? Oh, Right, well, this is almost ancient history now, mm. but um, uh, I mean, for anyone that wants to uh, go back in the archives, <laughs> they'll see that I had a rather uh, a rather difficult uh, exit from the Labour Party back in 1997. Um, uh, and I suppose to cut a long story short, my uh, face didn't quite fit with the incoming uh, Tony Blair hierarchy which uh, took a while to move up uh, and, and uh, extend its tentacles to Scotland, but mm -hmm. eventually did. And uh, my face didn't really fit. I remember one of the advisors at the time, I remember me, me saying, well, you know, what, why, what, what's the problem with me? I mean, I, you know, okay, I, I might disagree in some things, and you know, uh -huh. but I, I mean, I'm generally very supportive and trying to do my best here. And, and he said to me, he said, well, Tommy, when a machine is very well oiled, even the smallest piece of grit gets noticed. So yeah, I must have been a bit of grit. And anyway, uh, we came to uh, an agreement. Uh, they they uh, offered me redundancy and I got uh, an exceptionally good deal uh, mm -hmm. to leave the Labour Party's employment uh, and a big chunk of money which became the, the down payment on what became the Stan Comedy ah, Club which we'll come to, in, to say, yes. in, a, in a moment uh, but that so that was me leaving the Labour Party's employment I didn't leave the Labour Party until maybe a few years after that when I became increasingly disillusioned with mm -hmm. um, the Blair government uh, in in practice particularly with its foreign adventures and the mm -hmm. the warmongering that was going on at the time I didn't feel that was compatible with what I believed in and I also felt that um, they weren't uh, really uh, doing what I wanted to do in terms right. of political devolution and decentralization and stuff and I became so I actually I mean I, I sort of drifted out of active politics mm -hmm. for quite a while turned the, the hobby into a business, as yeah. it were, with the, the stand, and spent most of the noughties not involved in... Mm -hmm. Still interested in yeah, politics, but a not a member step. of anything, not active in anything. And it really wasn't until, uh, you know, the the uh, the Yes campaign started mm -hmm. and the, the referendum campaign for Scottish independence. I sort of, I got my mojo back, right. really. Okay. And I had this second time around sort of... Uh, political career that, I, to be honest, uh, even five years ago, I would never have thought was going to happen. Really? I thought that had passed me by. And, uh, so it's all the Yes campaign that really was the restart into frontline politics again. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, this time, I mean, and I haven't really changed 
uh, my fundamental beliefs and yeah. what I, my outlook on life, uh, the type of world I'd like to see. I just think that the SNP now is a better vehicle to achieve that mm-hmm. than the Labour Party was because I think that if uh, I think that if we have the power to do so, mm-hmm. we can change things first in Scotland at a pace that uh, we would be unable to do if we remain part of the United Kingdom because you're always going to be held back by quite a, an inbuilt conservative majority in, in, in that union. Right. So, uh, But that's not to say that I want to, you know, uh, people people talk about the SNP being separatists. I don't want to separate from anyone. We're not, mm-hmm. we're not going anywhere. I just want the people that live in Scotland to have political control over their own lives, to do their own thing. But in doing so, to make Scotland an, an incredibly sort of open and welcoming country that engages with the rest of Britain and the rest of the world. So far from separation, I think independence would be the means of Scotland's engagement. Okay, okay. That's interesting to hear because... But I'm sure you don't want to talk about politics and political theory. Well, I do want to talk about short-term lets, which is a large issue in Edinburgh. And um, obviously um, a lot of our listeners are kind of agents and landlords. Hmm. So... I know that you're very committed to the current issue of short-term lets, um, particularly when property is rented for significant periods of the year. So it's recently been stated that listings on Airbnb have doubled in the past three years and SNP has raised concerns regarding noise, not knowing who's coming and going, loss of community, lack of safety and health regulations. But I'd like to first talk about the issues concerning local residents, namely noise, safety um, and just lack of community. Yeah, I mean, so there's the 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 problem is the problem is this: it's 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 a matter of uh, magnitude. I mean, if there were just a few people engaging in letting their property out on short term basis, uh, with with different people coming in every few days, just a few properties, you know, I don't think anyone would notice. But when it gets to the scale that it is in parts of Edinburgh, I mean, that I represent in the old town, for example, mm. you know, in the grass market, there are stairs where there is only, in, in, in a stair of maybe eight flats, there's only one resident mm. left. Every other one has this grey metal box with the pass, with the, with the, the, the touchpad yeah. um, on it at the door where you, you know, you key in the, the passcode and you get the keys and then you put them back again and... You know, it's hard to fault also the people who are who are who are using Airbnb or other platforms to do this because they're they're just you know they're they're genuinely coming mm-hmm. to Edinburgh. They want to have a holiday, mm-hmm. but these people will arrive in holiday mode, in party mode. Right? They're not you know they're they're there to enjoy themselves, um, and it, that's not compatible quite often with with people just wanting to live there. And you get a situation where communities are essentially being hollowed out, you know, and they don't. Even most most of the people that come to these short term mm-hmm. also come in a budget, right? They bring their food with them, and they bring their they get their drink in ASDA, and they bring yeah. that in as well. So it's not as if the local bars and restaurants mm-hmm. are even doing that well out of this. Okay. So the whole the whole community is being hollowed out, which is why I do think we need to have some controls on it, yeah. and and you know, uh, well, some more controls on it because it's the the regulatory system is very uh, weak. But when you see like the transits of say, um, normal long term residential lets and even like student lets have a similar effect in a way. Well, no, know, because the... I mean, and here's the other mm-hmm. big problem actually, just in terms of, of housing in the city. Yeah, is that there, there's more places available now on uh, short term let holiday platforms for rent in mm-hmm. Edinburgh. Than there are 
for proper private rented accommodation. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, so, uh, and you actually, I mean, you only have to look at, uh, online and you'll see properties being mm-hmm. advertised for sale mm-hmm. on the basis that they would be a good investment for short-term mm-hmm. rents. Um, you know, people are selling, yeah. encouraging people to buy properties so that they can not live in them, not even let other people live in them, but just rent them out with a changing uh, occupants every couple of days. And that's, you know, it, it's gone too yeah. far. Somebody needs to pull it back. Well, we have landlords kind of feeling that they're being accused of kind of changing from long-term traditional residential lets to renting whole properties for short-term purposes purely to kind of take advantage of high rental incomes and less restrictive regulations. But do you also kind of think, do you not think it might be also more the case that um, landlords have been forced into finding other routes? Because obviously a lot of things have changed for landlords. They'll now be feeling the full effects of the cuts to tax relief um, and mortgage interest payments, plus removal of wear and tear, and then having to pay extra for obviously certificates like um, EPC and EICR, I mean, obviously, they're all essential, you know, for safety requirements for renting out. But do you not think that actually that's more the reason why landlords are actually taking to, you know, there's other issues there rather than it's just financial gain? Uh, No, I think it's the money. Honestly, I think I think people reckon that they can make a lot more money uh, out of short term lets than they can from renting the property on on an assured tenancy. So that's why... That's why they're doing it. Um, and I think that really we could have, I mean, there does need to be better regulation of the process. I'm not saying this has to be, this has to be stopped, mm-hmm. right? It will continue, but it needs to be better regulated. But also I do think there is a need to put a ceiling on this. I think it is right that uh, the city authorities are able to say, well, look, you know, in the old town, we're only going to allow this number mm-hmm. of licenses for, for letting on this basis mm-hmm. because if we do any more, the infrastructure in the community can't handle mm-hmm. it. So, and, and I think it's right for, it's, you know, it's legitimate, I think, for the city authorities to do that in, in response to the demand from the people that, 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 have, you know, that live all the time here. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, as we're saying, there have been implications that there's a shortage in rental housing supply in Edinburgh is is purely down to this increase in Airbnb and short-term lets. But how much can actually be contributed to house building in both the public and private sectors not keeping up with demand? The city is growing, people are Mm -hmm. coming to the city. Mm -hmm. It is likely that another 50,000 people are Mm -hmm. going to come to the city in the next few decades. So, and they have to live somewhere. So there is a phenomenal, um, you know, undersupply of accommodation of all types in the city, which is why... You know, there's a lot, I mean, you only don't have to look very far to see there's a lot of house building going on. Mm -hmm. So that's, we need an absolute increase in supply of accommodation in the city, Mm -hmm. but we also need to try and influence the different sectors so that we can maximise the amount of accommodation that's available for for long-term residency Mm -hmm. rather than people coming for holidays. And actually, you know, the other thing is there's there's nothing wrong with hotels if you want to go and live in a... In a capital city, I mean, I think uh, you know, there's, I, I, I think the hotel market needs to, you know, get its act together a little bit more mm. in terms of in terms of price and promotion and yeah. the service that that they offer, so that they can compete better with uh, mm-hmm. with, with short term lets. Some of which, of course, are incredibly expensive. So, well, I mean, some Airbnb properties, yeah, are, they're not all, are, you know, like a 
several grand a week. Mm -hmm. Particularly the ones yeah, right in the centre. Well, I mean, it was recently stated in Scotsman that annual visitor numbers to Edinburgh have increased by half a million over the last five years and that there are plans to increase visitor numbers by another third um, by 2020. So that, that, obviously, that's for holiday visitors. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, I mean, as we're saying, visitors do heavily rely on Airbnb and short-term lets because they are offering more competitive rates to and flexibility to hotels. So I mean, isn't there well, maybe are, a shortage not, of hotels in Edinburgh, which well, there's more hotels being built. Even more for that purpose. I mean, there's more hotels being built, but, uh -huh. but I think uh, I think there needs to be a level playing field. I mean, you know, there there are some people who are using Airbnb because they have an individual property that they may have lived in themselves and they've they you know they've moved somewhere else they've moved in with a partner and the, the property's spare and they want to rent it out and make a little bit extra money and I, and I understand that I have friends who, who frankly mm -hmm. do that but then there are other people who have established companies to assemble private properties for short-term lets and mm -hmm. in to all intents and purposes they are running an hotel mm -hmm. I mean that's what it is They're, they've got you know multi, they've got they've probably got dozens of bedrooms available but because it's broken up into individual units mm -hmm. it's completely unregulated um, quite often it's untaxed as well mm -hmm. uh, and they don't make the same contribution to the community and yet the impact that that uh, activity has on the community is is much worse than hotels I mean you know at least in a hotel you get people arriving in party mode the hotel is built to accommodate mm -hmm. that and to deal with it, and you know, that. Mm -hmm. um, a, a, a stair in a, a Victorian tenement isn't. Mm -hmm. So, what are SNP's proposals then for tackling these issues? Well, I mean, at the minute, you probably know the city council's. Uh, it's just they just finished uh, a major consultation mm -hmm. exercise. So, I, uh, I've put in. Uh, I mean, the, the SNP. I mean, when you say with the SNP policy, the SNP policy is is more about a direction of travel. We haven't yeah. got any prescriptive. Things so we are talking about better regulation. We're talking about putting a ceiling on the the amount that, that's available, mm -hmm. uh, but we want to consult fully on how that's done. So I'd be I'm very interested to see the results of this right. consultation. Uh, they're talking about uh, developing a new licensing mm -hmm. regime, so that you would have to register and apply for a license if you wanted yeah. to. Uh, let you let a property out as a, on a short term basis. So that you have to convert it to a. Is that converting it from um, like a home to short-term let? Is that... Because I had heard that, I, I heard that local government committee were proposing to induce planning consent for when the use of property changes from home to short-term let. Well, that's a slightly separate debate. Yeah. That's another way... I mean, you could argue there's two different ways of doing this. Yeah. You can either have a, a registration and, and licensing regime mm -hmm. uh, or you can have a, a planning regime yeah. where people have to actually get planning permission. Mm -hmm. in order to change the use of the property. And what are your uh, views on, on that side? Because I know in London... Do I, I, my views yeah. are I don't, I, I don't mind. As, you know, if there's more than one way to skin a cat, yeah. fine. I really don't mind as long as the job gets done. Right, so, OK. Uh, and I, be, I think we need to look at the response to the consultation, which mm -hmm. I presume agents and landlords mm -hmm. will, have, will have contributed to, as well as the as well mm -hmm. as co community concerns. So uh, let's have a look and see where mm -hmm. the centre of gravity lies from the, the responses yeah. to that. But... As long as we begin to move forward yeah. and have better regulation and deal, look, we need to deal with the problem mm -hmm. and, 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 and not pretend that it isn't a problem. Yeah. That's the main thing. What I'm wondering is if, if certain things are introduced, let's say the 90 day a year short term limit um, for rented properties in Edinburgh, yeah. like they have in London, yeah. 
Um, you know, I've heard that um, London councils have since kind of reported it's it's nearly impossible to enforce. Kind of, what's your views on that side? How would how would you see it working here in Edinburgh? And how would it be enforced so I, then if it was? I mean, I'm I'm actually we have a in in Westminster. Yeah. There's an all party group on short term lips, which I'm involved with, and I've met. There's a short term. Uh, land letting mm -hmm. agencies association i forget what they call themselves but uh, we've met with them mm -hmm. and airbnb although it's a sort of brand leader and it's what everybody thinks of actually is probably less than half of the total market there's a lot of other platforms that are engaged in this as well and they they in london they are working together right? Right. so that for example um you know it, the so you don't. So you can't get round it by just registering your property for eighty nine days on Airbnb, mm -hmm. then taking it off and going putting it no. on another platform because the platforms share data. Okay, mm -hmm. so uh, so so that's one good thing, uh, and I'm actually quite impressed at the uh, the willingness of certainly of the, the if not the individual landlords, but certainly of the the, pl the platforms like yes. Airbnb, to say they're they're not against regulation. Mm -hmm. They would welcome it. So they want to work with their regulatory authorities to see if, you know, the problem can be dealt with yeah. and, and improved because it's in no one's interest. I mean, it's, you know, Airbnb started as for, of, for the best of motives of people yeah. trying to make a bit of money out of a spare room, right? So... When they genuinely uh, wear away themselves yeah, or, yeah, so or a room in, It's not in the their property. interest to be uh -huh. portrayed as the, you know... The great Satan who's destroying mm -hmm. communities in in in, no. uh -huh. in our in our city. So yeah, so I so I actually yeah. in in London I am not sure. I think you know, I think it, London is so vast. It's, uh, it, it is difficult to regulate, but mm -hmm. it does seem to be working from what from, from what I can yeah. gather. And certainly the 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 uh, the online platforms seem committed to trying to mm -hmm. deal with the problem. Good. On another note. Um, Obviously, and particularly you know, kind of through city lets, we have agents that deal more with corporate kind of short-term lets. So where will where will the kind of the line be to distinguish between, you know, a, a company where, you know, they are letting out a property for a weekend to a group of corporate people that are coming down as opposed to a stag weekend? Yeah, where, where, how would that I don't be distinguished? Think, I don't think it's going to be possible to distinguish in a regulatory sense mm -hmm. or a legal sense between on, on the basis of who's occupying the, right. the apartment, you know, whether they're there writing a book or having a party. I mean, I don't think... So it can be a case of separate type of leases that could be created and I don't issued. see that you can do that just because of the nature of the occupancy. I think you can do that uh, according to uh, location, according to uh, the length of of the let and, mm -hmm. and various other factors, but I don't think you can do it based on the person who's who's, right. who's occupying it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'd, I'd be interested if anyone's got an idea as to right. how that might be done. But uh -huh. I mean, just uh, I cannot see how you could do that. And you would get into all sorts of arguments, wouldn't mm -hmm. you? I mean, what what would you then do if somebody hires a place on on on, on the basis of one type of use, but but crosses the line and Oh, has, I think for the main purpose, if it was something that they have a contract with a company and they are coming for that purpose, I mean, obviously there will be maybe a social aspect that could cross the line into. Yeah, but how would you? You're going to say they can't if it's if it's a business that's coming to take the the place to to try and do something. Yeah. Member and they can they can they not entertain clients on the property? And yeah, where do you draw the line? Yeah, but it would be a slight difference to... between a stag do say coming to Edinburgh for the weekend as opposed to corporate clients more often anyway well yeah but it's it's not a legal difference is it i mean it's like it's a 
It's yeah, a, but I'm wondering the, the regulations that are being proposed or what could, you know, come into force in the next however many years may really affect the businesses who are actually dealing with corporate clients coming short term. I don't know. I don't, I don't, uh, I don't see how that's going to be possible. Uh, I mean, I think maybe there might, I mean, I know a number of companies, for example, acquire accommodation for their employees or yeah. their executives who are moving to the city, particularly mm -hmm. if they're on a rotation yes. and not going to be here that, that long. I think that's a different thing because the company then owns the accommodation for the purposes of it, of, of it providing, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a roof over the head of its employees. Yes. I think you could define that as, mm -hmm. uh, as, as a different type of class use, perhaps, rather mm -hmm. than letting it commercially in the open market. But, um, but I don't think you could... Uh, have a definition that says we'll have this type of license for mm -hmm. for people who are coming to party and this type of license for people who are coming to work. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, going back then to the regulations of, obviously, you know, long-term rentals, short-term lets aren't regulated in the same way as your long-term rentals, your HMOs. What are you, again, your main concerns there that you're seeing happening, you know, for safety of people coming to the flats that aren't regulated in that way? What's your main concerns there? Yeah, I mean, well, I think there's a lot of issues about health and safety. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, I have to say uh, that, that they're not my main ones, though. The main right. concern I have is to, in terms of community impact mm -hmm. and the, the inappropriateness of... Of, of the next door flat mm -hmm. being used for, you know, uh, people coming and quite often over-occupying or cramming themselves into it uh, and being noisy and having, you know, they're there to have a good time. Mm -hmm. But in having a good time, <laughs> it creates a bad time for their neighbours. That's, that's the main concern about trying to not, uh, not use property <coughs> that isn't designed for it. Right. Okay. For, for a, you know, a purpose of partying and holidaying. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to move away from the, the short-term sure. lets because I know you don't have much time. So, um, politics, obviously, can often form the material for comedy. So, and obviously, as you mentioned, you established the, the stand in 1995 and you've now got venues in Edinburgh, Glasgow, Newcastle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So was your time in politics the inspiration for <laughs> creating, for setting up the stand? Well, sort of, How did because that all start? first time round when I was, you know, pretty well, act, very active in politics in the uh, in the eighties, and you know, I, I, I was a councillor and I was deputy leader of the mm -hmm. London Borough of Hackney and lived there for eleven years. And at that time in the eighties, of course, it was the it was the birth of what people called alternative comedy. You know, mm -hmm. the likes of uh, people that went on to be the mainstay of BBC Light Entertainment. But I mean, you know, the Ben Eltons and uh, the uh, Joe Brands and uh, all of those people. So they they were performing in London and when I was living there in little rooms above pubs that were a lot less salubrious than the stuff. Yes. And uh, I uh, you know I, I went along and I loved it. And what I you know what I loved was the I was first of all the idea that you could watch uh, you know entertainment where somebody had given some thought to a script and was and had you know was delivering it mm -hmm. so it was it was a performance but it was in a very informal environment where you could have a you could relax have, have a, a drink eat something in those mm -hmm. days have a cigarette or whatever yeah. uh, so it was it was it was it was taking the the sort of the product of a theater on in terms of the stage and placing it in a pub and i liked that hybrid mm -hmm. uh, and i also liked the fact that the content of it 
was, you know, very satirical, political, a lot of social commentary. It was, uh, I've always, I've always liked comedy with a point, you yeah. know, that makes you think as yeah. well as makes you laugh. Um, and that's, uh, so, so there is an overlap, in fairness. There's also, if I'm if truthful, there's not a lot of difference between organising a, a gig mm-hmm. and organising a, a political meeting, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. in terms of how I'm you... Focused getting the leaflets right, who you target people, promoting yeah. it and all the rest of it and how you organise it, making sure the PA works. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there's there's a lot of uh-huh. overlap in, in that sense as well. So I think I think probably my uh, my political uh, experience did, you know, prepared me better than most to be, mm-hmm. uh, to, 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 to run a comedy venue. And how much do, are you involved just now these days with well, the stand? Well, not at all, really. Uh, I mean, I'm still a shareholder. Yes. Uh, but I stepped down completely when I got elected. I don't right. believe MPs should have second jobs. So yeah. I, I take, I chair the board every three months. Um, so and I try and keep in touch. But I'm, uh, I've, I've very much delegated it all to uh, to others who right. do as a full time job. Uh, I'm concentrating, trying to hold the Tory government to it. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, thank you very much for coming in. It's all okay, a, thanks. a pleasure. Very busy. Thank you. I'm Gillian Semler. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe to the Let's Talk channel on all the usual platforms, including Spotify, iTunes and SoundCloud, as well as on citylets.co.uk forward slash podcasts. And also let your friends know where to find us. Let's Talk is a dedicated property show providing insight into the world of property letting. More information on today's show can always be found on our show notes along with this podcast. If you want to get in touch, just reach out. Let's talk at citylets.co.uk.